Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A listener production. Hey, I'm Pro Surfer and mental health advocate Cooper Chapman, and this is Good Humans. On this episode, I'm hanging out with Californian pro surfer Griffin Colapinto. Even though he's a little bit younger than me, he's definitely somebody I learn a lot from both as a surfer and as a good human. In this chat, Griffin talks about how to handle the pressure of parents, what trick he used to turn his losses into lessons, and why even when he achieved his dream of winning the Triple Crown and qualifying for the World Tour, that he was then left with a feeling he wasn't expecting. Griffin Colapinto, thanks for coming on the podcast, mate. Yeah, Cooper, thanks for having me. So coming from California, there's obviously been a lot of pro surfers before you. It's kind of the mecca of the surf industry, California. So there's always this vibe around young prodigies and I'd call you one of those young prodigies. So when did you realize you wanted to be a pro surfer? I think I realized once I started doing contests, like the NSSAs and that, once I like got the taste of what it's like to like make some heats, beat some competitors, that feeling that you get from that was just like so good and so much fun to me. And I had always been super competitive from a young age, but I never really had anything to like use as an outlet for that. So once I discovered the contest, I was like, I want to make it and try and be the best. Yeah, for sure. I think surfing is one of those things where it's such an individual sport and so many people look at it as almost a lifestyle, not a sport. So transitioning into competition, I guess from a young age is quite easy because we're, I mean, in America, I know you guys have such a cool platform with the NSSAs. There's such a cool competition. I don't really understand them that much. Can you explain to me and the listeners what the NSSA is? Uh, it's pretty much like a full year of surf contest and there's uh, I think there's 10 a year and you go and you do each one and at the end of the year there's a there's a season title winner and then from there it goes into um, has like one big contest where all the guys from Hawaii fly out to California and then we compete for that one big national title and that kind of like decides who's the best kid that year you know and then all the sponsors get to look at that guy and go okay this guy might be the next big thing you know that nationals was like a really important event and that was the one event that you really felt the nerves and you could feel what it's like to be on the big stage like that same feeling you still get now you know so cool so once you got to like 16, 17 and you kind of started getting quite a bit of hype around you, you started getting some big sponsors and you started really putting a name for yourself out there. And I'll go back to it, coming from California, everyone around the world looks at you guys as like, yep, they're making the money. They're the ones who we all want to be. But did you feel like that added pressure or was that just an extra bit of fuel in the fire? Yeah, it was kind of just extra fuel in the fire, I think. I just wanted to make the tour and like, that's all that kind of mattered 
when I didn't really think about like the pressure or anything. Like, I was thinking, if I don't make the tour in the first couple years, I'm I'm on the QS. I don't even care. I'll go until I'm freaking thirty, trying until because I'm gonna try as hard as I can, no matter what. I just wanted to make sure. I, so I don't know. That mindset felt like it helped me. I wasn't. I didn't feel like pressured under time or anything. You know, like oh, I need to make it by the time I'm eighteen or twenty. I was like, all I want to do is be on the tour. I don't care how long it takes, you know? <laughs> Man, I love that mindset. It's such a hard thing to come by. I feel like having that discipline and that mindset of like, I'm going to achieve this is no other option. And it sounds like you had this brick wall mentality that you were going to get there. And your first year on the QS, I think it was your first year, you didn't have that great of a year. Is that, talk to me a little bit about your first year on the QS. My first year and a half was pretty brutal a lot of losses just going to contests and like thinking that I surfed better than a lot of guys but still losing and so wigged out and like obviously like one or two losses in a row when you travel super far and you like kind of have these expectations to do well it's like super hard to take you know but I found that when you lose once you overcome that loss and you figure out what you did wrong and like what you need to keep doing, you know, I felt like I'd get this like boost of energy and drive after a loss where it's like, holy shit, I just want to make it like that much more, you know? So like, I almost kind of got to a point where I like, liked losing a little bit, but then once you lose five in a row, you're like, I hate losing, but you start to like get more drive from it, I think. Yeah, I love that. I, I talk a lot with my dad about, he always says to me, you need to learn how to lose before you learn how to win. And Obviously on the QS and what we do as professional surfers, being in an individual sport, you're going to lose a hell of a lot more than you're going to learn how to win. So I liked how you said, I kind of liked losing because it was an opportunity to grow, I guess, is the way you'd put it. But on that first year on the QS, I remember I remember in the Azores really clearly this island of Portugal for anyone listening that doesn't know it, we have an event there every year. And every day you'd be out there free surfing more than everyone. You were surfing better than, like you said, 90% of the guys, but you are losing. And I was like man, is Griffin going to get to this potential that I can see? Because this Griffin kid, man, he's got some crazy talent, but he keeps losing. Like, is he going to get there? Just hearing you say that like those losses really pumped you up is really cool. So what changed from that year to the year that you qualified? Um, I think I was just so like, didn't really know much about surfing, like heat strategy and stuff. So once I, I, well, I was like, still in that like, well, I'm gonna do anything I can to make the tour. So I was like, okay, like if I can't make a heat, I need to get a coach, you know? And so I was like, I got Glenn Hall first and we did a couple events together. And like the first one was US Open and I, I think I made like three heats there and that was like a good start. And then the next one didn't go too well. And I didn't feel like I really like connected with Glenn super well. And then it's not really working and then I was at these events and I saw Snake working with Leo and Kanoa. Well, I feel like I'm as good a surfer as Leo and Kanoa. And if they're working with Snake and they made the tour, then like, what if I just work with Snake and maybe I'll make it, you know? So then I was able to jump in there and get on board with those guys. And ever since I started with Snake, very first event, I got a third in a 6,000. And that was like the best I had ever done in a contest. So I was hooked, you know? And hanging with Leo and Kanoa is funny too, because those guys, 
exude this extra confidence, almost like a cocky confidence where I felt like I was lacking that a lot. Just being around them made me figure out how I could bring out my confidence in myself and like kind of be able to like self-talk myself up a little bit more. So with those guys, I think it helped a lot. Finding that confidence to go, you know what, this isn't working for me and making a change is massive. And especially at such a young age, it's identifying that Snake is probably one of the best coaches in the world. This is Jake Patterson. He's an ex-world tour surfer. Anyone listening, he's extremely successful. He was on tour for, I think, 10 plus years. Won the Pipe Masters. Great guy and extremely good coach. And you talked about Leo and Kanoa. That's Leonardo Firavanti is an Italian pro surfer. Then Kanoe Garashi, hopefully I'll have a chat with him as well. They're both guys around your age. They're both guys that, like you said, have amazing amounts of talent. But having that sort of small community of you to push each other around the same age, pretty similar skill levels, but very different people, obviously an Italian, Japanese slash Californian and yourself. It was there many times that you think Snake told you guys all the same thing and you went out and all did really well? Or do you think there was pretty different mindsets going into heats for all of you because you're all such unique guys. Snake's pretty much like, he would tell us all pretty much the same strategy. I feel like he's not so much of like the mind coach guy. He's more of just like, this is the strategy. It's like, this is proof in the pudding right here. Like this is the thing he did when he was on tour every time. And we would just like practice that and free surfs and run heats and stuff like that. And then like, when it got time for a heat, it was like, okay, you're gonna go, you can go out and get your good two waves. That's all that matters, you know? One set strategy that we would try and really master. That's cool. I like the idea of not giving up on something too early and finding what works for you and then really getting a master of it, like you said. So this is a pretty funny little question. So you got to serve a heat with your brother, Crosby Colapinto, also a freak surfer destined to go huge places as well. Tell me a little bit about your brother and your, is it a rivalry or is it kind of him looking up to you as a big brother role model or how do you define the dynamic in your guys' relationship? Yeah, it's a funny one because ever since he was like eight, he's always looked up to me and obviously I've, I felt like my parents put so much energy into me. They almost like gave up on Crosby in a way because they had put so much into me. I was like, what the hell? Like, why aren't they being harder on my brother? Like, he needs to get pushed, you know? So I, like, took it under as my job to, like, push my brother. And I'd always try and guilt trip him if he's not surfing, you know, like, <laughs> just to push him. And I told him, like, one day he asked me, like, Griffin, do you think I'll ever make the tour? And I was like, no, not right now. You're not surfing enough. <laughs> I was like, you need to surf, like, six hours a day if you want to make the tour. And then he started surfing like six hours a day and then just got so good so fast. Ever since then, he's always like looked up to my advice, you know, because he's gotten better from me pushing him. But now we're getting to a point where he's like really, really good. It's hard because he almost feels like he's like in my shadow a little bit, but he knows he knows that and he wants to like get out of there and wants to be his own person. Now I'm trying to like back off on like giving him advice and stuff. I just want him to like make his own personality, you know, which has been pretty cool, like interesting. And now like we're getting way more competitive because of that, because I'm not helping him as much. To you, is it quite important to share the knowledge that you've gathered and make sure you pass it on to the younger generations? Oh yeah, definitely. 
all these kids are so talented and it could just be those like little things like mentally or something they might not know that if they knew it, then they could go on and achieve their dreams, you know? So it's like just knowing that it's hard for me not to try and just spill the beans on everything, you know? Then I'm feeling... Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Like, I'm a super open person, like, almost too open. Like, I'll tell someone everything. And, um, like, Kelly Slater is the best in the world. He seems super closed off to that. So it's, like, hard for me. I'm like, should I be like this or like that? But um, I'm realizing I just need to be, be myself. And, like, hopefully everything just comes along the way it should. And uh, But, yeah, it's a great feeling to help all the kids around San Clemente, especially my brother, because it'd be really rad for us to be able to travel together and do stuff like that. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean that feeling of giving back and just being kind to people is so important. And if they take something on and they learn something new because of what I've taught them and then they get better, all it does is give me the opportunity to get better. And life's about spreading happiness and being kind and sharing like things like if we keep everything boxed in, it doesn't give us the opportunity to grow. We were talking about a little bit before, but we lose so much in surfing. There's only one winner in every event. There's the best people in the world and we compete in a sport where we're fighting against mother nature, the world's hardest person to fight against. Do you have something that you do after every loss to learn from it? Yeah, this year has been probably one of like the hardest years for losing because I started the year off with an MCL injury and that was super brutal and like took me a while to like get my balance back and everything and then straight into contests once I got better and just started losing and losing and then Felt like it was kind of like an uphill battle all year. But this year, I actually have written down every lesson I've learned after a loss in a notebook. And um, I feel like just writing it out, getting it on paper, just a big relief because you're just like, okay, like I'm actually like going to try and learn something. And then once you write it down, you're like, oh, cool. Like I actually learned something. Like now it's not, it's not a loss. You know, I learned. So just from writing it down helps a lot and then I think being like fully prepared before the contest as prepared as you think you are then the loss isn't as hard because you're like wow well like I prepared as good as I could I felt like I did everything right in the heat and if it didn't go your way then that's surfing you know there's so much things that could not go your way but um as long as everything you can control you did right then like you don't want to take the loss it's just stupid to take it hard, you know? And like you said, if you don't prepare fully right and you don't get yourself in that position to compete at your highest level, mm-hmm. then, yeah, losses are a lot harder. I really like the way that you talked about making sure that every bit of preparation was done and then the losses are easier. And they're not even – obviously they're losses, but if you learn from it, it's something that you can take away. And the way that you said you write stuff down, I, I love that. So many people – that I am inspired by and so many mentors that I look at on Instagram and 
stuff like that. It's such a common thing that's said by so many people, write stuff down, get it out of your head, get it out of that kind of spinning over and over and over like I lost because of this. Oh, like, make a mistake. If you learn from it, it's not a mistake. Coming back to that preparation, if it's like going into a meeting, you want to say to your boss, if you're fully prepared and you get the wrong outcome, then it's fine. You've done everything you can do. So I really like that. Um, <laughs> this is a really funny one. You seriously seem like the happiest guy ever. I follow you on Instagram. We've been good friends for a long time. We play a lot of golf when we're in Hawaii. How do you maintain being happy all the time? And is there days that you go, you know what? I'm not motivated. I'm having a bad day. Oh, 100% I have those days. Maybe like once or twice a week where I'm like, wow, I'm a little bit depressed today, you know? Sometimes that's hard to handle because I feel like I'm a really happy person. I'm always happy. And then when you're not happy, you're like, oh, what's, what's happening? Like, what? It's even more weird, you know? So then, um, but yeah, I think like when I get around my friends, I'm just kind of like lost in that moment, you know? But something that I struggle with is being by myself. And I've been really trying to work on that this year. When I'm by myself, I'm like, not happy you know I can be like a little bit depressed you know well I'm not a depressed person but you're stuck with your thoughts but now I've gotten to this point where I'm like use this opportunity as an opportunity to grow when you're by yourself you know and it makes it a lot more fun a challenge you know and uh, yeah I think it's crazy how many people are probably have that little bit of depression you know no matter how happy someone looks I'm sure they have some kind of like weird mental, so much thoughts going through their head, you know? And, uh, but it's pretty crazy that how many people are probably in that gnarly mindset, you know? Yeah, I think it's, it's so normal. And thanks for sharing that. Cause it's so many people feel like they're alone and feel like, man, like we obviously live such an amazing life and we still have these days where we're like, why am I bum? Like, I'm in Hawaii, the waves are good. Like I'm around my friends and family, but finding that mental sort of attitude where when you're alone, you can find that happiness. Like something I do all the time. If I'm alone, I try and meditate and try and get really comfortable with my thoughts and like just notice them, let them swing through. It's sort of you'll attach to them, but then trying to make sure they go away and just knowing that they're just thoughts. And I love how you said when you get to that stage where you feel a bit alone and you feel like you're getting a bit down, you actively try and go and be around your friends because being around people that bring joy into your life. And it's funny, you'd go straight and as soon as you see your friends, you'd be bang, your happy self. Yeah. Or there's there's something I would like to talk about too is uh, after I won the triple crown and then I went to Snapper and I got third there and I had just qualified and won the QS and that had all happened within like six months. It was like this huge spike for me, you know? So happy, but then like, all of a sudden, like, my mindset, like, went into, like, this weird place where I was like, why am I not more happy, you know? All these great things just happened to me, and now I'm, like, I'm not that happy for some reason. And I think it's just because I put so much expectation on all that feeling, you know? Sometimes it doesn't, like, live up to the hype as much as you think it is. And then that could just put you in a weird funk. And, like, for a little bit, I was kind of, like, in this weird funk of, like, little depression just because all that had just happened. It was like everything I'd ever dreamed of, you know, and it, like it just happened. But now I've like, I kind of have gone through like some hardship. I hurt my knee. I've had some more losses, you know. So now I feel like I'm like back to square one in a way, starting from ground up and 
hopefully if I get to that point where I achieve more of my goals and dreams that I can handle that in a better way. Thanks so much for talking to us. I love the stuff that you talked about when you, I just love how you got actually shared with us that there is down days for you because I, I was I was kind of on a 50-50. I was like, he must have some days like that. But I was also like, you know what, he might just be this bulletproof guy that wakes up and he's happy and he's giggling and laughing because every time I've hung out with you, you've been like that. But that's really cool to for sharing with us that vulnerability and taking off that armour and letting people know that, man, it, it is great, our life, and I'm sure you're so grateful for it. But we have times that are tough and we have to get through them. And I like how you said you find your friends, you make sure you're around them when you feel like you need to be around them to bring your mood back up and just mucking around, dancing, playing with your brother, like just doing dumb stuff mm-hmm. is the way that, I mean, you are a kid and so am I, but just always acting and feeling like a kid, I feel like is the way to happiness. And the other thing that you talked about that I really love was giving back and making sure that you don't hold your knowledge in. And the study, the research and studies behind happiness and being kind to others and sharing our knowledge is huge. And there's so many studies coming out that are saying that people who are kind to others are way happier themselves. So it sounds like you're taking that head on and it's something that I'm extremely proud to be a friend of yours because you're such a great guy. But anything else you want to lastly say? Um, yeah, I actually have one more thing. Um, anyone that's going has like issues with like parents, you know, putting a lot of pressure on them. Just know that a lot of people have go through that. This year, I feel like that was a big one for me. Like my mom started getting kind of psycho like halfway through the year. She just was like putting a lot of pressure on me and like she was like contradicting everything that Snake wanted me to do. Like even like heat strategy stuff. Like she doesn't even surf, but she was still like texting me after heats. Like you need to be doing this and that. That started to build up a lot of pressure for me and that put me in like this indecisive mindset this has been something huge for both of us to learn. And she's just, um, she's learned recently, like she watched this video that Kelly Slater said. And Kelly, I guess, was saying that he was going through a weird one with his mom when he first started the tour. He'd stopped talking to her. And then she finally realized like she needs to stop trying to control his life. And then once she stopped doing that, they started getting along and he started doing better in the contest. Yeah, the the parent thing is it can get hectic, I think, and a lot of kids in sports have that situation, you know? So any parents out there that are listening, maybe take it easy on the kid and just, like, support his decision. If he's doing everything right and he's got the coaches there, just let him do his thing and it's all going to work out because, you know, as long as the kid's putting in his best effort, that's all that matters. Yeah, I love that. It's such an important thing and it happens time and time again, whether it be sporting or if you're a parent who's sending their kid to a private school and they're telling them they're going to be a doctor or they're going to be this, I think finding that groove and trusting the decisions of your kids is so important. And I mean, we have to live our own lives. So many times kids are so unhappy and that leads to so much negativity because your parents are putting this pressure to do stuff that you don't want to do. And I love that, that having that support of a coach and really making sure that your parents can trust the person that you're working with because they're the professional. Our parents, a lot of our parents are pretty professional in what they see because they've watched us our whole life and they think they know what's best for us. But I think letting the 
child and like letting the person grow and make their own mistakes is so important. Thanks for sharing that because I wouldn't have guessed that either with you. It sounds like everyone's got this perfect cushy life, but yeah, thanks heaps, Griffin Colapinto. This is a Good Humans podcast and yeah, hopefully catch you next time. Good Humans was presented by me, Cooper Chapman. Producer, Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.